0: It's another episode of On The Nose. dun -dun da So on a previous episode, I had said that I was going to talk about my art, and then I didn't do that in the subsequent episode or the one after that, or the one after that, because I forgot. I honestly can't remember what I talked about after I recorded an episode. Um, That's just part of the ADHD. I kind of go in with a plan, And yeah, I would like to have like more of a plan, but it's not, that's just not where I'm at right now. It would use up so much of my energy to plan out the podcast that I wouldn't be able to make the podcast. Like I'm not getting enough dopamine, so I just need to use it where I can and and, and not waste it on stuff. And yeah, planning, planning these out might not technically be a waste, but I want to do this. So you're just here for the ride, the the chaos until I finally get my ADHD meds and can start being a little more, you know. And even then, maybe I won't. Maybe this is how it's always going to be. Not sorry. So, yeah, back to the art. I would be technically considered an artist because I've sold pieces. I've sold more than 10 pieces now. Um... I, it, it is weird to be considered an artist. I've never thought of myself as that. Even when I was doing photography and literally had a camera in my hand all the time, I was invited into galleries um, and I never really considered myself a photographer because, I don't know, because I knew I could do better if I had better equipment if I had the time and the energy. And I guess, like, I just didn't feel like I was hitting the mark that I wanted for myself in order to be able to call myself that. But with the art, I don't have any kind of gauge at all. And so I guess it's easier to call myself an artist, even if it feels kind of surreal to do so. And it only feels surreal because when I say I am an artist, my brain goes, whoa, you made some stuff, you did this and you did that and it's stuff that I've never done before and that's pretty trippy. It's not so much the word or the the label itself. So this started kind of accidentally. I like to send out snail mail, like postcards and whatnot, Not, not, not so much letters, not great at the writing words, figuring out what to say. I know it's weird because I talk a lot, but it's just different. And somebody that I send stuff to who also sends me stuff back had not sent me anything in a while. And so they decided to make up for that by sending me a box, like um, like a box that a whole bunch of reams of paper would come in full of paper cranes, little tiny paper cranes that that they had folded made out of like receipts and maps and flyers, lots of post-it notes, and the first thing I did because I'm autistic, is I counted them one thousand one hundred and ninety six, if I remember correctly in that box. I counted all of them. and then I started like being like, "Oh, I want to do stuff with them." So I started gluing them onto paper and like coloring the paper and stuff like that. And people were like, "Whoa, it's really cool." And um one of my friends, Ian, who, actually helps me with my podcast uh, was like, dude, I want that, but I want it like bigger. And that kind of started it. Like, um, because I started doing this craft stuff, one of my other friends bought me, A- Amos is yelling. Um, one of my friends bought me some really nice quality paints and paper for my birthday slash Christmas. And then I started playing with those, didn't really make anything particularly good, but I did cut them up and make them into postcards, which was awesome. And I think it took me maybe like six months, I don't know, like Ian can correct me on that, um, to really get started on his piece of art. And during that time, while I was thinking about what I was gonna do for, for his piece, I started doing other stuff. Um, And and during this time, I began to get my ADHD treated. And something about that just made a lot of things that used to be can into, let me try it and see. And I've always been pretty curious and open to trying new things, but there are certain things that like, if I just could not figure out where to start, I wouldn't do it. And the meds made it easier for me to figure out where to start and I I don't really remember exactly when it started but something made me want to start making jewelry so I did I started making jewelry and I was doing it because like I wanted to I just wanted to know what it was like I wanted to see if I could do it you know like that's pretty much everything that I've done is can I do this and then I'm like yes I can do it and then I don't ever want to do it again (laughs) So I got these ideas and I wasn't even thinking about selling stuff. I just wanted to do stuff. I just was so excited. So I was doing stuff. I was making things and then I would make the things. And then my friends were like, "Well, that's cool. And I was like, I'm going to send these things to my friends. So I was was love bombing all of my friends with pebbles, basically. Um, Just like pebbling like crazy to the point that they were like, Lee... You need to stop and sell this stuff. Give people the opportunity to support you and and buy the stuff. And I was like, oh, oh, okay, but oof. So then I started doing that. And that's, you know, been a good thing, I think. Like, But it's been hard because it's so easy to make stuff and give it away. I love that, I love, I would just give everything away if I could afford to. Like if I had lots of money, I would like all all the people I know and people I don't even, I would see random people on the internet and be like, that person would look perfect with this. And then I would send it to them if I could get their address without being creepy. Making things with the intent to sell is different. and. To be clear, when I make things, I'm still making them because joy, and I enjoy making them. And now there's like a secondary hope slash excitement that somebody else is also going to get joy because of it, um, in a way where they feel like it's worth money. And I never realized what how much meaning there was in doing something that's worth money to somebody else. You know, because like when you're just doing like a regular nine to five job, it's hard to really quantify. You know, you're like trading time for money. But when you make something with your hands and your mind and your enthusiasm and optimism and imposter syndrome and everything else mixed into it, and then somebody else is like, holy crap, that gives me dopamine. I need to buy that they want to give you money for it. The, I don't know. There's something about that that's really cool. And to be perfectly honest, if people wanted to trade stuff that I liked, I would probably feel really similarly because they're giving up the thing so that they can have the, my thing and I get to get their thing and trade for my thing. But it's money. And I don't know. It's humbling, you know. I think I've always just had this perception around people selling stuff where they're either really desperate or they feel really entitled. And I'm not really sure where that comes from. There's obviously some some information, some bias in there, but those were kind of my perspectives. And I never had insight into what is probably closer to like, a majority of people who just have found something that gives them joy and then they're sharing it with the world in a way that hopefully will bring them money, you know? Um, So that's, it's an interesting um, perspective shift. And one of the things that I do to to participate in that, besides making stuff, is I always put a little bit of money that I get from my patrons um, aside just to support another creator. So... I'll buy stickers or a piece of art or something from somebody else. Like last month, I bought um, flowers that look like they have blood on them. They're like hair clips. I got bought those from a friend of mine that has a shop. And the month before that, I got a piece of clown art. And in that case, that particular artist was having some vet bills. So they specifically were like, whatever I sell right now is going to go towards help me helping my pet. And if I had lots of money... I would do that all the time, but I'm really glad that I can do it at all. So back to the art, like actual art. I mean, I guess jewelry is like art, but eh, art art, like painting. Um, I can't draw. I could draw if I wanted to take the time to learn, but I don't. I don't want to do the work, so I cannot draw. and I have made that choice, and I'm okay with it. Um, I like playing with paint not good at making things look like things. It It's very like, not, it's not, no. I don't even enjoy doing it. It stresses me out, like, to put that kind of like, because it's never going to be good enough. Unless it looks like a photo, it's not going to be good enough. And since I know that my expectations are not healthy, I'm not even going to do it. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. And then I found as I was trying to learn to paint, trying to like figure stuff out and I was kind of getting frustrated that I, I like, you know, more abstract stuff um, such as paint pouring. I really enjoy paint pouring. Not not so much so like what you traditionally see where people like pour all the paint on in copious amounts and lift up the canvas and wiggle it around and then they're done. Um, I like paint pouring where I have to control the paint as, as much as it's possible to control it with airflow. So I have a heat gun, I have a blow dryer. It's really cute, it's like just tiny little blow dryer. it's so cute. and straws. and I like to try to um, make interesting designs and kind of see what happens because like the the paint, the reason why you get the cell cell effect, well, it varies, but the the most common approach to getting that that cell effect that you see in in paint pores is caused by silicone put into the paint, like little drops of it, kind of like the the same stuff you'd use to lubricate your treadmill. And it will like lift up through, like if it's in the paint that's underneath another paint, it'll lift up through, and then it creates that that effect. Um. So it's interesting to like play with the air and see what kind of different effects you can get from that. Um, And I like the fact that every time I do it, even if I was approached exactly the same, the result would still vary. And there's safety in it because there's there's no perfection. The random is the point. You know, So I'm not worried about an orange looking like an orange or anything like that. I can just kind of relax into this movement. And I really enjoy that. And that's like what I get lost in while I'm doing it is is the movement of the paint and the air. And talking about it makes me miss it because it's been a few months. Uh, Right now, it's really hard for me to do Without my ADHD meds, I think I mentioned that the ADHD meds help my brain work better, but they also help raise my blood pressure. And so it can be hard for me to be on my feet for very long when my blood pressure is like pretty low. Uh, So the meds like give me more energy, raise my blood pressure, and then I'm able to do stuff. It's still like tiring and I still have to take breaks, but I can do a lot more when I have my meds. And right now, everything I'm doing is stuff that I can do sitting on my butt. And I have days where even that is too much, which is frustrating, really frustrating. But the shortage will end and it will get better. This is temporary. I say that to myself every day. It is a mantra. So the piece of art that I mentioned that my friend asked me to do I did eventually end up doing that, and I will do my best to remember to put a link in for this episode so that you can watch the video that talks about making it. Um, Because it's crazy; like, I can't believe I made it, and it it came out really cool. And I was just kind of like, I'm going to try this, I'm going to try that. And since I can't really visualize, I'll get like vague visuals of things that I've already seen, but getting visuals of things that are like concepts in my mind, I I can't. So when I get an idea, I don't really know what it's gonna look like and I just have to kind of chase it and see what happens. And like, I made the art and then I was really used to looking at it and I was like, I don't know, maybe it's kind of funky. And then Ian came and picked it up and took it home and sent me pictures of it hung up on his wall. And I was like, whoa. I made that. So when I'm feeling like I can't do art, I remember that I made something that somebody like willingly hangs in their in their front room. You know, I have other pieces of art that have been bought for me, but I haven't seen where they ended up living, and so I don't have this this thing that I can draw from, which by the way, if you've ever bought art for me and you have it hung up somewhere, feel free to share it with me because. It makes me feel awesome. So I like to learn by running at the deep end of the pool and just falling face first into the water, just just belly flopping. That's how I learn. And doing art has very much been like that because I refuse to look it up. I refuse to read about it because I don't want to know. I don't want rules. If I, if I read the rules... I'm going to try to do it that way because it's the the quote-unquote right way. And the thing is with art, there's no right way to do it. There are things that can be done in certain ways to get certain effects. But if you choose not to do that, that's fine. And with paint pouring, there are science reasons for why certain things work a certain way. But even that, like like I mentioned earlier, the selling effect and p- using silicone, um, you can use water, you can use uh, different, not viscosity, um, different weight of paint. So if one paint is heavier than another, you would put that on top. And then the, the lighter, that pigment, it's actually taking the pigment um, will rise up and create the selling effect. So there's multiple ways to do it, but, you know, you got to know. And like, I was having a lot of issues with like, bubbles. Um, So I looked that up and I very quickly learned that there are a whole bunch of opinionated people who think that there's only one way to do things. And I was like, ah, because I read like 10 different articles and they all had different rules. And a few of the articles were very open and friendly, but some of them were very like judgy. And I was like, yeah, see, I don't want that. I don't want to be part of that world. I want, if I'm going to hang out with artists, I want it to be the ones who just do it, to do it. And even if they read the rules, it's for them. It's not about everybody else. Uh I burp, okay? I have this habit of holding my burps in when I'm recording, and then I end up with like a little stomach ache. So maybe I shouldn't do that. And then if I've recorded enough burps, I can make a compilation because some people like that. As far as like art, photography, I would like to get back into photography. I don't leave the house the way that I used to. Like I used to always be going places and doing stuff. And so I'd have a camera in hand. And the camera was great because it took away a lot of pressure in social situations. It was like a stem and... You know, like, I wasn't aware of having social anxiety, so I don't think it's, like, a social anxiety thing, but it was definitely, like, made it easier for me. And so because I don't leave the house, I don't... It's hard for me to pull my camera out. It's like, what, am I going to take pictures of my toes? I mean, there's a market for that, but you know what I mean. And I keep thinking, like, I want to use my camera, and I'm thinking maybe I could start doing posed photography... Because then I can invite people over and then I have a subject to take pictures of. I'm not comfortable doing posed photography like at all. I'm not good at thinking of positions or whatever, but that would be the challenge and it would help me learn how to use my brain in that way because every time I did it, I would get ideas and it would get easier, just like doing these podcasts, right? In theory. There is something for me that's easier about making art than, say, doing the podcasts. I think maybe because the podcasts are more personal and rely on me using my brain. And I honestly feel like I do not show myself as well as I think. Like, it's it doesn't my thoughts do not translate to be as clear as I would like them to be. So I don't feel like I'm as well-spoken as as I would like to be. I think with the art, I can be like, hey, if somebody likes it, cool. And if they don't, I'm just surprised. Honestly, when people like stuff, I'm just surprised. But I'm just making the art. It lives in my house. I'm taking pictures, putting them online. I'm not asking, you know, people to sit for half an hour and listen to me talk or anything like that. And so I think it's just easier. And I mean, I don't, I have never talked about this with anyone else, but I I imagine that for a lot of people making art is nerve wracking and personal. And, you know, I'm wondering if maybe eventually it will feel that way for me too. Like maybe I'm too early in, And because it's still so analytical and not emotional for me, it doesn't feel as vulnerable. Or maybe doing the podcast is so important to me that it just, you know, whereas the art is this just accidental happenstance thing that I'm doing that I happen to enjoy doing. I don't know. It's probably all of that mixed together. So... By the time you hear this, there will already have been quite a few episodes put out, and I'm hoping by this point I've started getting questions and responses from you guys to the questions that I ask in the episodes. Like, I'm, I'm really hoping, okay? Like, really? So I guess the question for this episode would be, if you make stuff, it could be anything. Painting, photography, woodwork music, whatever, whatever it is, it gives you joy and lets you get lost. Does it feel vulnerable and personal to share it? Are there different forms of art or crafting that feel less personal? Like what What really makes you like go e about sharing stuff? And like, what do you kind of like, eh, cool, you know? And another question is, do you enjoy exploring and taking in other people's creations of the stuff that you like to make? I, if it's somebody that I know or just like, you know, like an independent random person, I do find it interesting and I do enjoy seeing it. I don't particularly enjoy going to, say, like a museum. I think... I would enjoy going to an art show. I've only been to one. Um, But I think like now that I make art, I might enjoy that. As long as it was like local people. There's something about that, something about it feeling attached to like a real person that's important to me. If, If it's just like in a museum or whatever, it just feels disconnected and kind of... I don't know, you know, like I know that that art, all of that art in museums was made by a person, but a lot of art that's in museums is also made by famous artists who are either made famous after they died or, or during the lives or whatever. And I think that like the way that the art is treated when it's a famous person, it's just different. It makes it harder to relate to for me. I have this issue. I just, it's not an issue. I just don't have very much interest in like celebrities. If I like music, I like music. I don't care about who made it like at all. I'm not going to find out what their name is. I'm not going to look into what their their hobbies are. I'm not going to try to get to know them like I've met musicians whose music I liked and got to be friends with them but I became friends with them because I liked talking to them the fact that they made music that I enjoyed was completely like secondary and not just yeah if if anything it allowed me to like personalize the music a little bit more and then I stopped listening to it for a couple of years but at least in the one scenario I'm thinking of, part of why that happened was because it ended up that he was a very self-destructive person. And I didn't, I didn't need to know that. It kind of like added a little bit of cancer to the music for me. But there's like a point in which I am interested. I don't know. This just like doesn't make sense. Hold on. Basically, there there's like once once stuff gets really popular, it becomes less personal. So then it's less interesting to me. Um, music is different because music is like a sensory thing. So I'm gonna enjoy it, you know. Like, and I do, I don't really care about who created it all. But like art and stuff, I'm more interested in art if there's a people connection. I just that's something that's really important to me, and that. As I've been working on the podcast, I'm realizing that that's kind of what what it is that I want to be capturing, anyways, is this sort of authentic people experience sort of thing, you know? Like because I don't know how to be anyway else, I don't know how to be anyone besides me. I don't I don't know how to follow like social rules to cater in a certain way because if I followed those rules. Even if I did everything right, it would be awkward and weird because I'm not wired for that. Like it just never, it never translates right. Even when I do like the social niceties of like, thank you and blah, blah, blah. It's awkward. It's like, like my intonation is a little off and just, so yeah, I like, I put everything here. Even if maybe it's not, like, the best podcast material or the formatting is a little bit off, but, but like, it's me, you know? And when I invite people on, which I'm going to be doing soon, I, it's going to be me inviting people on. And hopefully I'm going to be, like, able to sort of tap into the, to the, their authenticity, um, if not, it won't be a very good interview and I will feel sad, but I think for the most part it will be because I'm pretty good at bringing people out of their shelves. On the topic of art shows, I am definitely thinking about going to some. And if you live locally to me and you hear of any, let me know. Cause I would like to know. I don't know if I'll be able to go, kind of depends. Can't really afford the gas. And if there's like the cover to get in, definitely can't afford that. But if it lines up that I can go, then I would like to go because I feel like it would be like a good experience for me to to get out there. Plus I might get to meet people or even find opportunities to show my own stuff as I make more of it that is showable. Because I think a lot of the stuff, I think I've sold like the stuff that would be showable right now. And I know I've mentioned in my shout outs that I couldn't do the stuff that I'm doing without Patreon. And it's that there, this is, a, this is an overstatement. If anything, it's an understatement. And I just squinted my eyes because I was like, that makes sense, right? Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> um. Like literally having people sign up for my Patreon and supporting me with like monthly amounts has allowed me to buy the things, to make the things. Like the only stuff that my Patreon goes towards is I put $20 towards another creator, as I mentioned before. I put it towards art supplies and I put it towards my bills. Um In the beginning, I was prioritizing art supplies, but now I have, like, a pretty good, like, foundation of stuff. And so now, like, I'm putting more towards my bills, but if I really, like, need something, I can, like, save up for it or whatever. Technically, with my financial situation, it should all be going towards my bills, but it's really important to me that I be able to keep doing this stuff as well as my patrons know that they're supporting me doing this stuff. Like, I feel like there are people who would understand if I put it all towards my bills for a couple months in a row. Maybe everybody would understand. But I think it would also be disappointing if I wasn't using it to be creative. So obviously, like, I balance that. And it's, like, mind-boggling. Like, sometimes it wakes me up at, like, four in the morning. My brain is like, oh, my God. People think what I'm doing is worth putting money into just like in a, here you go, have the money, use the money. We just want to support you. Like, oh man, that's, it's awesome. Just symbolically awesome and and, and functionally awesome. And I can like go on and on and on about how awesome it is. Just, Just to make the point of how awesome it is. I never feel like I can convey to my patrons how much I appreciate them, you know? Instead, I worry about stuff. I worry that they're not going to feel like what I'm doing is interesting enough or I'm not doing enough or that I'm letting them down in some way, you know? That's like, because I care too much kind of thing. So, you know, I worry about all of those things. But the the longer it goes on, the easier it is for me to kind of just relax into this and be like, I'm just going to share with them what I'm up to no matter how random it is because I'm doing all the things. I mean, a lot of people that have Patreons, they're very focused on one thing or another, like cosplay or writing or podcasting or sewing, you know, you get the idea, but I'm like, Hey man, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do... I mean, like, tell me you have ADHD without telling me you have ADHD. Yeah. So I'm going to put a link in the little blurb for the podcast about my art. There's a page on my website that has some, not all of the art that I have available. Not not like putting it there for you to buy stuff for me if you wanted to. I'm not gonna say no, but that's not why I'm just doing it so you, if you're curious, you can go look and see there's also a link on my website um, or sorry a page on my website that has some of my photography from back in the day uh, so you get an idea of like what my style is and stuff like that. yeah and if you aren't a patron and you're curious about being a patron, I do have quite a few perks, including getting art um. Up to a certain level, people get thank you cards. um, Prints of my art, Um, that's still like a work in progress because I'm having issues getting the prints to look good, or at least for me to think they look good. Um, I just need to take new photos because I think the photos I'm working from are not. I followed the instructions, but they didn't come out right. And... So I've been giving people art instead of prints because I want them to get things. But yeah, and then like the higher tiers get more art and more stuff. And some of it's like opt-in if they want it like optional. Would you like a, a sticker every time I make a new sticker or whatever? So there's a whole bunch. And I'm also open to suggestions. Like if there's something when you're looking at that and you're like, you know, I would love to sign up. But you know what I would really love as a perk You know, I'm absolutely open to that because I'm still learning and I want to make sure that I'm offering people stuff that they're happy with, you know, as long as it's worth it for me too. And the website is patreon.com forward slash ersigh, E-R-S-I-G-H. That is the username that I have been using for a very long time, since I was about 20. It is a combination of my first and last name. And I'm slowly migrating things over to Lee doing stuff for all of this, but I haven't figured out how to change my Patreon information yet. So it's staying patreon.com forward slash Ursai for the time being. And it would have been nice if I could have pronounced slash instead of Slash. <sighs> Anyway, that's it. I hope that you have a good week. Thank you for listening.